Coming to you from the Floor City headquarters in Vancouver, Washington, is the Ecom Life podcast, hosted by e-commerce extraordinaire Andrew Juhasz. Sit back and enjoy the ride as we take an inside look at e-commerce trends designed to grow your business and help you live the life you are meant to. And now, the Ecom Life podcast. Okay, today I'm going to talk about fraud on Shopify, how you could possibly prevent certain types of fraud and just some of the things that I've found out recently. So first of all, uh, this came up because we were recently frauded with an order that was picked up from one of our supplier warehouses on the East Coast. Um, So whether we're shipping it or we're having customers pick it up at a distribution center, we are still running into the problem of fraud just because the way that the business is ran and some of our partners don't require things like a customer identification or anything special of that nature. So, you know, it's going to vary from industry to industry. Some people might get frauded multiple times a day. We've only been frauded a handful of times over the last six years. So the cost for us to manage it is is difficult in comparison to some companies that might say, well, we can't live without fraud protection. So, Um, You know, one of the examples I'd like to use is, you know, a lot of people eat pizza, they might do it on a weekly basis, my family likes to get, you know, kind of every Friday kind of thing. And uh, so Friday pizza comes and you're, you're going to say, okay, well, I'm going to go to this one pizza place. So you call up and And a lot of times they even know who you are. Some of them have some sort of system to identify the customer based on the phone number. And so you call up and say, hey, I'd like this pizza delivered here at this time. So not only do they sometimes, uh, I don't usually believe that they store the credit card on file, but some may in fact do that. They're going to ask you for the credit card identification, and then they're going to ask to deliver that pizza to your home, which they'll need the full address. So ask yourself... And you may have already thought of this as a business owner. You probably ran into the fraud already. Um, But what is the chance that if somebody has, you know, this one scenario of how to get somebody's information, they don't need to hack into your profile for your bank or your social network. They don't have to get access to your email or steal your, your incoming mail or anything like that. They literally would just get your address They would ask you for your credit card information when you're ordering something like a pizza or some sort of other product. And, you know, certainly I would say in some areas, depending on whether you're traveling or in certain big cities, it would be very easy for someone to create a ring and they just randomly select, you know, certain customers and they could sell that information on the black market. So um, a, a lot of these people doing this are not even these big, you know, rings of of, uh, companies. I think it's just literally, you know, small time theft is is saying, hey, this is an easy opportunity. And there's not really uh, a simple way that people are going to be able to track us. And by the time that they find out who we are, um, you know, we'll be long gone. So, you know, or they're doing this out of the country and they're working with, you know, third parties that are, you know, mutually benefiting from either the product or the or the or the funds that they're accessing. So in this example, somebody would go get the information they needed, then go to a website like a Shopify store, provide all the information that you would, like I said, ordering a pizza 
and either they're guessing the information or they're uh, you know, or they're 100% sure that this information is accurate, and then they're going to make that purchase, and then either offer to or select to have it picked up, or they would in fact go in and have this shipped to a location that may or may not be something that would be uh, trackable. So, I will tell you that we've gone to the extent of thinking about you know creating a bait car sort of speak more like a a bait shipment where we would you know have a you know say a police officer lined up when we realize that this is in fact a, a fraudulent case um we were we yet to have a repeat offender so usually what we do is we we mark the city uh in the shopify fraud filter it's a free app and so basically what we do is is Anytime that fraud occurs, and it's only a handful of times for us, but if it's happening to you every day, you can easily kind of create your own uh, fraud filter that will easily kind of tell you, hey, this is a high alert. So what it does is it literally, you know, in Shopify, you know, which you might be able to connect this to other outside entities if you have an ERP or some other order management system, but you would either add a tag or some sort of alert that shows you like, hey, this is a customer with a Yahoo email. This is a customer with a particular uh, type of, uh, maybe they've got a number in their email. You know, we can set a setting for that. A lot of times these people that commit fraud, you know, have uh, some sort of, uh, they're lacking certain pieces of information. Maybe they, you know, we even go so far to, to look at something where somebody doesn't capitalize something. They just literally type it in lowercase. Um, you know, some customers just are lazy and they don't put the uppercase and things, but a lot of times in the fraud, you know, you, you look for any anomaly and most of the time, you know, with, with our customers, there, uh, has been a few instances. So the, of the five times we've had fraud actually, you know, where we lost money, there's probably been, I would say half a dozen times where we were able to uncover the fraud before it got to be a transaction that money, you know, changed hands and, and product was lost. So with that fraud filter, it is really something that you have to build up and add to it. You can block the email, you could block the specific number. And what's kind of nice, um, if you're on Shopify Plus, you'll even have more triggers. But with this filter, you could actually cancel the order uh, not even fulfill it if it's from that same phone number or same email address, assuming that they're, you know, the criminal is dumb enough to, you know, use that as a repeat uh, email. Um, what we're hoping is that somebody does try to do that. And if we didn't have it set to cancel, it flags it. And then we would then set it up and actually try to do the order and then alert authorities and then actually try to catch the, you know, the perpetrator and, and see if that would actually be something we could at least for one person, you know, put a stop to it. But it's kind of like fighting terrorism. You're not going to be able to stop fraud entirely. People are going to be dishonest and risk, you know, serving jail time. You know, there's, there's not a lot you can do, but you can prevent some of it. So Another company I checked out, and there is several, is called Signified. Uh, they charge anywhere from, a, I've been told, 0.35% up to 1% of the transaction. And that'll vary depending on your business and the, and the size. It sounds as though if you have a high fraud alert uh, or potential versus somebody like us who's only had like five cases, 
you know, we can get the rate down, you know, really low, but it also depends on the dollar amount of the order. And then, you know, just the overall way that you take payment and that'll determine your rate. But for us, you know, realistically, cost wise, let's just say, you know, without giving the exact numbers, you know, it might cost us say $15,000 was signified to manage something where we're only having anywhere from five dollars to $10,000 a year in potential fraud occur. So if we were having $5,000 a month and fraud happen, you know, we're losing $60,000 a year, you know, then we definitely would look at the idea of, hey, you know, for, you know, having a, a fraud prevention company, you know, we'd be able to, you know, really lock down and, and not have anybody, you know, get in. And if they did, Signified is actually kind of covering those losses. So um, might be a really great opportunity. I'm, there's no paid. I don't get any affiliate for referring you. I just really like that company. Uh, went in and they, what was nice is they have a network of other stores. So if somebody just created an email, if somebody, if it's a, say a new phone number, if they are linked with other potential fraud cases, um, any sort of like data that this company has and they have a huge network of stores, then you can kind of see like, oh, okay, well, this is actually, this has already been flagged as a fraudulent uh, credit card and it would actually then tell you, hey, you shouldn't do this order. And then if they, for some reason, don't flag it and then it goes through the system, Signify would actually reimburse you for your losses because they are taking into the consideration of all the factors that they have and they even pull in things like facebook and and company name and address and and a lot of different uh points of interest so it's it's almost like an instant credit report on the on the user based on the information they provide um but yeah as far as you know looking at the cost you know for us right now I'm setting up my own fraud filter, you know, anything over $2,000, you know, you could maybe set a filter, uh, you know, like for our average order value, you know, let's say it was a, you know, $10,000 order or higher, you know, we would maybe have to have two levels of approval on that just to make sure that, you know, that transaction goes through. But if it's a $20 order, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you might just push it through and and look at the law of, uh, you know, you know how many uh, transactions out of a thousand went fraud. You know, if you only had two out of a thousand, you know, and you lost forty dollars. I mean, it's really just the cost of doing business for some companies, is from what I hear. But I I think it really just comes down to how much are you getting hit. You know, are you a big target? So. Uh, my next kind of thought is, is banking, you know, why, why do banks allow this to occur? You know, the, the customer has a, like we all do almost every single person in, you know, the United States that is, you know, of a, I would say 18 and older, I would say 90% or, or more than that, it seems as though, I mean, I can't think of anyone that doesn't have a debit or credit card. So, and if you don't have one of those, you're going to have Amazon, PayPal, or some other form of payment. And what is the one thing that they're all linked to is your phone. And a lot of companies are linking it to, you know, you can text message and, and even approve things through your phone. So, 
I don't know why it's not standardized, but I really wish Shopify would get with the right people and that it was just kind of a built-in process that customers, if you were in a high fraud industry or in a potential where it was a larger order, say, you know, something over $500, you would just simply send out a notification to the customer. Um, Just as I recently did with Capital One, I have a new Capital One Spark business card. Uh, anything that is over $500, they send me a little text out. I, I set up the alert and I actually have to hit confirm on that. Um, you know, some stuff is auto pay, but anything that I'm like just paying, you know, just I'm going in and paying this today, it'll it'll make me, you know, say, do you confirm this? And, and I say, yes, okay. Um, I, I want that transaction to go through. And it's, it, it is a little bit annoying if you're doing a bunch of these, but like for the most part, I'm not making that many $500 and over purchases, uh, you know, everything is, is relatively easy to manage, but then it, it, it just allows me to say, Hey, yeah, that that's me. I'm, I'm making that purchase. Um, one, one aspect would be is if you, you know, are looking at, uh, you know, setting up an entirely, you know, state of the art business versus a more traditional business, like, like we're in flooring, you know, customers might be a little more old fashioned and say commercial flooring than they might be in residential. Also, if your average customer is over the age of 50, just in terms of technology as it is right now, um, you're, you're going to be running into, okay, well, you know, grandma and grandpa at that particular stage of where they're at in technology, uh, they might not be able to have access to a smartphone. Maybe they're using a landline, so sending them a message by text to approve it might not be uh, easy. So I, 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 I do hope that in this process, at least for the next couple of years, if not decade, they you know allow an automated message to go out and say, hey, you know, John Smith or Jane Smith, you're approving this order and you, you know, press one, you know. And so what that's doing is I'm tying this all back to the account information. So if your bank, let's say is Wells Fargo Bank of America or any other type of payment system, whether you're using Capital One, you're going to have a phone number that's tied to that. Now, go one step further and say you have a purchasing agent. So I have a lot of people in my office that will go buy office supplies on my with my credit card. And when they make that purchase, I should just get a notification and even have something like, you know, you know, so and so at your at one of your employees is making a purchase, do you approve of this? So you could either have it set to auto approve or you could, you know, physically have to approve each one of those. Um, you might even be able to have an alternative where you have an approved uh, person, so maybe an accounting or a controller that would go in and approve certain things. And then if they were suspicious of any purchases, they would just you know bring that up with you later. But this would allow, say, a contractor was on a job site that had their boss's business card and they were just trying to buy materials for a job, but the boss is in, you know, say, Mexico on vacation. Well, the boss is going to get a notification, but he knows about a job that's there. And so he'll get, hey, I'm trying to buy something from Floor City. You know, it's $1,500. He has a text or an email or a phone call conversation that he had with his, you know, contractor installer earlier. And then they say, okay, well, let's go ahead and approve that. And, and then we get the notification back that it's been approved. And then we can go ahead and fulfill the materials for the 
for the person that was, you know, the purchasing agent for that order. So I really, you know, would like to kind of dive more into this topic. I've, it just really frustrates uh, me and a lot of other users about how easy it is for users to, you know, actually go in and commit fraud and and I don't really understand why both the banking and the e-commerce industry hasn't really tightened up to make this almost an impossible task. Um, I I love Google's ability and other companies that do like two-step verification, you know, where they send you a text whether I log in at home or at work. And I, you know, have to literally type in that text to like, you know, make sure that I'm the authorized user. Um, you know, it's it's like government Pentagon encryption. Um but I think that there should be something like that that is set up for, you know, making purchases online. Even if it's just a, you know, it's a one-time deal. I'm going to buy a, a t-shirt from a, a store or I'm going to buy flooring, uh, you know, from a from a new supplier online. I don't really know who this company is, um, you know, per se, but we also don't know who you are as the, as the customer. We were, you know, you're not necessarily walking into a store. You're not providing a you know a credit application. I don't have uh, a driver's license. I mean, there's a lot of points of uh, pieces of information that is not acquired when someone's purchasing online, and you know, really anyone can create a fake email, a fake phone number, and bogey up all the information that they wouldn't be able to get access to. Um, you know, because the reality is that most people committing fraud are not going to be able to hack into your email or your bank account, update the phone number to their burner phone or their fake email, and then basically steal your identity. That's that's the crazy part is that there is like, you don't even have to technically steal someone's identity to in fact pose as them or to use their personal information to make a payment. You don't need a social security number or anything you know, uh, top level piece of, of data, you, you simply need, you know, an address and credit card information, something that you are already providing over the phone to many different companies. So one of the things we are pushing for is that customers are getting in the habit of we're going to be sending them an email to finalize the payment, um, but we, we still take payments over the phone because it's it's kind of, you know, it, it gives you the opportunity to say, hey, you know, I've given you this price. Would you like to go ahead and place the order? So it's kind of a hard close. We, we're not really that hard. We we have an honest business with a with a fair price. So a lot of people, you know, you know, see that we, you know, we're trying to offer them a, a reasonable service at an affordable price. Um, but still, you know, we're going to send that quote out sometimes automatically if it's, you know, uh, somebody's doing a purchase in the middle of the night or something and we don't have anybody manning the, the office, you know, for a phone call, uh, then they're going to be able to complete that purchase. And then we come in the morning, we would process it. So really the, the idea is that with, you know, the shopping experience, we don't want to see that our fear of fraud is actually making the shopping experience, you know, take longer for the customer and, you know, we we also know everyone already has an account with Amazon and PayPal and every other of these companies that you have to sign up for. And you've given out your 
your phone number and your email and you're getting, you know, automated phone calls, you're getting bombarded with email marketing. We don't, at least our company doesn't want to become that, you know, you know, slide to the left, click delete, please stop calling me. We we don't want to be that annoying company. And we also want to have customers feel as though that their information is protected. Um, so they wouldn't, you know, one of the biggest uh, fears that I've also had as a business owner is that hiring the wrong person, you know, and having, say, someone collect that data from a customer and then to either sell it or use it on their own, uh, you know, maybe they came into a financial hardship and they realized they could use somebody else's information. And, you know, if we're gathering a lot of this over the phone, like that's the, that is the ability. Somebody could easily, with the data that customers provide, they could use that, you know, for, for the wrong purpose. So, um, you know, please reach out to me on the Facebook group, Shopify Entrepreneurs, or I've recently created a Shopify Insider page, and we'll be creating a, a group talking about you know other Shopify topics. But uh, if you're a Shopify Plus user and you'd like to dive more into this, just uh, you know start a, a message and then uh, you know tag me on that if we want to dive deeper into fraud. I I really like looking at what the what the future of fraud prevention is going to be. And my prediction is kind of already, you know, happening, but basically you're going to have, you know, a, a maybe a, a two step process, but I really think it just involves taking that credit card and tying it with the, with a phone number and then having a customer, you know, make the approval with, you know, like a lot of companies are doing now, uh, having an approval go through something like Facebook messenger. So, Right now, in the uh, the business to business world, it's it's not quite the same as retail in terms of the approval process. But I think that things will will improve as there is a you know a, a bigger push to kind of rid the world of of this fraud. I don't think you'll ever be able to stop it entirely. Uh, it'll just make the criminals work that much harder to figure out what pieces of information they need. And they'll just continue to dig, and and if needed, they will take the the ultimate step and and having to hack and infiltrate people's email and and bank accounts to, uh, you know, to take those uh, pieces of information and you know update it with with their bogus info um, to then make those purchases. But you know, things uh, like uh, Wells Fargo is who I use, you know, for banking or have in the past, and they have like a fingerprint login along with uh, PayPal now. So that, you know, certain levels of encryption like that, I mean, make it really challenging, at least right now. Uh, I even look for hackers to find ways around that. But the the whole idea is that we we really need to force uh, you know, companies like Shopify to, you know, to merge with other companies that are doing good practices to, to hopefully prevent fraud more. If anything, you might not stop it entirely, but if you can find a way to prevent it by taking the necessary steps, and if not, you know, take it into your own hands, use the Shopify fraud filter and start, 
you know, flagging stuff. And, and if, and if you're making customers feel as though, Hey, I, I don't trust you. Um, you know, it is what it is. If somebody's using a lot of companies even said, Hey, if you have a Yahoo email, like we, uh, we don't want to do business with you, you know, you need to have, you know, something else, um, you know, some other form of uh, maybe a phone number or something else that will say that you are a real person. And then you might even like, you know, like when I've had to sign up with different accounts, not say buying an online product, but you might even have to provide like a utility bill that has your name with that, you know, correct address. So if you, anyone has any other ideas or or would like to, uh, if you're a, um, a fraud prevention specialist, if you're partnered with Signified or a company like that, and you'd like to do an interview, I would certainly like to hear from an expert. I'm, I'm certainly not the expert on this. I'm, I'm just simply reporting back what I've learned along the way. Um, so if you have any, uh, stories of how somebody frauded your store and you'd like to share that process to, you know, to let other companies know, you know, how to avoid that particular scenario. I would really love hearing about it. Um, so again, check me out on, on the Facebook page, Shopify Insider, drop me a message and, uh, good luck. Good selling. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Ecom Life podcast sponsored by Floor City. Now you've heard what we have to say about e-commerce. It's time to hear from you. If you're an online store owner or e-commerce professional, Andrew would like to invite you on the show for a one-on-one or a group interview. To apply, simply message us on the Ecom Life Facebook group or use the contact us page at ecomlife.com. Until next time, do what you love or love what you do. We build Floor City.